All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Exordia Creative Podcast. It's a beautiful Monday today. Mm-hmm. As it always Monday. is. As it always is. There's, an, there's a funny joke that Jared and I go back and forth with. One time we recorded on a Wednesday, and I tried to make it really clear that we were actually recording on a Monday. But anyway, that's an inside joke. So without further ado, let's open this up. Get it cracking. Blackberry today. Blackberry today. We actually have a few different varieties in the fridge, so great way to start the week when's bubbly dropping a new flavor so i got a gripe with them they release some in the states but yeah, they don't, they don't yeah, release yeah. all of them in canada i know so i would really like to try the new stuff and anything that's not bubbly i don't know what it is i don't know what kind of addictive chemical they might put in there but it's not as good as bubbly so i don't know i saw a commercial like a social ad or something and for bubbly and the guy opened up the cooler at a store and there's yeah. like 10 flavors yeah then you go to a Canadian store and there's like three. Yeah, no, we're not fortunate four. enough to have that. But hey, take what we can get. Health Canada doesn't. What's your favorite flavor? The good ones, probably orange. Orange is good. Orange is good. I really that like, one is nice. I like lime too. I don't do lime. No, it's kind of like a sugarless Seven Up. They don't have a lemon. I noticed. They don't. All the companies have a lemon except Bubbly. Yeah. Maybe that's a U.S. exclusive. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys. Okay, Jared's gonna have to keep the conversation going. Our talking points are over on my desk. Okay. Keep it, keep it going. All right. Well, it's a little bit uh, more pressure than I'm used to. Quinton's gonna go get those. We write down everything, everything we want to discuss on a yellow sticky note. So it's pretty integral to the flow of our show. So if we don't have that, um, I don't think either of us have the memory to remember like those four or five things we like to talk about. So and we're back. Look, look at that. And we're back. Just Tight like that. Kill guys. time in a presentation. Yes. Not my Be- first time. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So. I want to kick it off with this Drake music video. I'm going to link it below. I should have watched it, you, but yeah. You, okay. have, you haven't watched it. I'll so, take your word for it. So number one, Drake is a, is a great artist. He's a great businessman. And he just, it has to be a collaboration with Nike. It's not officially sponsored or anything like that. But okay. basically this new music video, which is playable on the radio, it's going to be a big hit. Yeah. Um, it takes place at the Nike headquarters. And they're like playing with all these professional sports athletes like basketball. Drake's on a treadmill getting his oxygen tested. They're playing on the football field. He gets tackled by some defensive men in the NFL. No way. Who are the big names in it? I I don't know a lot of sports players. It's like pro athletes though? It's pro athletes. Pro athletes. And so like the video is so good and he makes so many memeable moments which Drake is really good for. Like there's shots of like him yeah. coming up out of the water and like mouthing the words and it's really dramatic and slow. Really? There's scenes of him crying. Like it's <laughs> it's a really, really no good way. music video. Yeah. And so okay. it's really good to see Nike really, like you said before the podcast, embrace artists like right? this. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Oh, and he they kick off the music video with this concept Mercedes. I don't know what it is. But it's a concept Mercedes car that he rolls up in, and it's beautiful. It's okay. this beautiful concept car that he rolls up in. So it was like a Mercedes and Nike ad, and it was a great music Interesting. video. Interesting. You know, I might know about that because of the fashion designer, Virgil Abloh, who's mm-hmm. pretty popular. He yeah. works with uh, Drake, and they do a lot of, like, co-design stuff like yeah. that. And I know he is doing some kind of design project with Mercedes. Mm. So... That may be some kind of cross promotion there. Yeah, I'd be curious to see it though. Anyway, after the podcast, you and I can watch it. It's a it's a yeah. really good music video. Yeah. So anyway, that kind of I kind of wanted to segue in and yeah. talk a little bit about brands working with artists and influencers and stuff, and how when it really works, it can really work really well. Right. We're essentially watching like a three to four minute Nike commercial. Right. Like it's got him shopping for Nike, like all this stuff. He even throws a couple jabs at Gap, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, there's this line, and I really think that it has to do with Kanye because they continue to, well, to it, beef. Th- that's exactly what I think, too, because yeah. um, we've talked about Kanye's Gap collaboration uh, before, but if you guys know the history of, of what goes on in this space, you know that Kanye's Yeezy line was originally partnered with Nike yes. back in the day. So he's actually done a few uh, collaborations before Nike. Um, he did one with uh, Reebok, I believe, Bathing Ape, Louis Vuitton, but his first big one was at Nike. Mm-hmm. And Nike has a history of only doing sponsorship deals with professional athletes yeah. and not artists, yeah. which is something that Adidas has excelled at. Like Adidas has had a lot of artist uh, collaborations. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Scott was an early one, which is a really big thing in, in the fashion and sneaker industry in like the mid early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nike uh, was aggressive in their negotiation with Kanye's Yeezy deal back in the day because they were touting the fact that he wasn't an athlete and and they were kind of using that to negotiate a better deal for themselves and less of a commission or royalty structure for Kanye. So um, he had these enormously successful uh, launches, the the old Yeezy launches back in the day, incredibly profitable for Nike. He felt he was getting a bad deal. So eventually he went into uh, Adidas and they welcomed him with open arms, right? Of course. Because he's super influential. Yeah. Two of the most... um, influential artists in the world right now. Um, Drake probably has more of a global presence, but in North America, uh, Kanye's huge. Drake yeah. is huge. Yeah. So it's interesting to see, to see Nike kind of, uh, I, I don't, I want, I don't want to go so far to say as like they acknowledge their mistakes, but they're tuning into the need that like this artist collaboration is a really big thing. Definitely. And now that they have Drake, yeah. um, there's a very clear, like symmetry between Adidas and Kanye and yeah. and Drake and Nike. Yeah. And like I said, they did almost every single sport. You have Drake swinging a bat, mm-hmm. uh, baseball. You have Drake on a jet ski with, I forget, is it Gunna that's that's featured in it? I'm not sure who's featured in it. I think it's him. Anyway, anyway, they're ripping around on jet skis, yeah. riding around on golf carts. So yeah. you get that subliminal message almost that Nike is, is doing, all these doing all these things. It was super really, like it was really well done. I got to watch it. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Let's, let's continue on with like the advertisement stuff, um, while we're on the subject. So I did some research. I looked really quick, social media news, check it out guys. Google it. It's the first link. Um, Facebook is now launching their own little TikTok within their main app. Um, so similar to Instagram reels. Wait, Ray, so I don't know about this. So tell me, how does it differ from Instagram reels? I haven't seen this. I don't spend much time. I think it's the exact same thing just on Facebook. Is it rebranded? Oh, it's not IG Reels. I don't know what it is. I don't think they've given it a name yet. It's Facebook. They're still t- testing Facebook it and stuff. Something. Yeah. And have you seen it? I have not seen it in the real life. I've seen it a screenshot on a on a phone when okay. I looked at the article. Is it being? You said it was piloted in a different country, right? That was that was another article that uh, we're not going to talk about, okay. and it's something to do. Oh wait, maybe they're testing this in India first. Either way, guys, explain why I haven't seen it. Yeah, <laughs> Facebook is coming out with, or is has come out with in India anyway, a TikTok answer, same as Instagram, yeah. same as TikTok. So the yeah. battle for the short video with the swipe up and stuff is continuing. You know what? Speaking, speaking on that, um, I, I recently saw some data about how TikTok's algorithm works. And mm-hmm. what, what I find interesting uh, about it is from my understanding of where TikTok differs from Instagram is that TikTok starts by piloting the content with a very small group of users and they look for engagement. Yep. And if something passes a certain threshold of engagement relative to like the other content that people are seeing, then they test it with a bigger group. 
And then if it meets or surpasses that engagement rate, they test it with a bigger group and yeah. a bigger group. Yeah. So the most engaged stuff kind of filters to the top. Yeah. And I saw this chart of some of uh, TikTok's most viral content and creators versus Instagram's most viral content and creators. And on Instagram, the people with the biggest following, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, Kylie Jenner, people with hundreds of millions, they consistently get uh, the most viral and most engaging content. Whereas TikTok, some of the best posts in the history of the platform are from relative nobodies. Yeah. With very few... A few thousand maybe followers. Right. It's not, it's not nothing. No, it's not nothing, but still. Yeah. But it's kind of like this merit-based algorithm. Mm -hmm. Whereas Instagram generally rewards people with more followers. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that, that speaks to why it's so addictive. Yeah. Is because if Instagram, I mean, sorry, if engagement is like the ultimate benchmark, you know, whereas um, it's popularity on Instagram, I think that explains why the watch rates are so high. Yeah. Yeah. I, I looked at watch rates too, and it doesn't beat YouTube. YouTube's average time on the app, average watch time is enormously higher than all the social media. Yeah, definitely. TikTok actually classifies itself as an entertainment app. Cool. like YouTube cool maybe that's to stand out uh, better against the other social media networks it's a very crowded space yeah whereas maybe it's easier to get into entertainment but yeah their watch time is it just blows Instagram Facebook out of the water yeah. people spend much more time on that app yeah and I think it's the engagement thing and the other thing about well I guess this is true when you're watching stories and Instagram reels but when you're watching like in feed on Instagram, mm -hmm. watching the videos isn't as easy as watching videos on TikTok because it doesn't fill and like really capture your attention as much as it does on TikTok. How, how is it different? So when you're scrolling through the feed and you see like a video, right? On like, Instagram. Yeah, just the yeah. feed, not through stories or reels, but you just watch that video, you know, like you've got the white around it or the black, depending on if yeah, you have dark mode on. Like true. it's not as engaging. That's true. Like so I, I wonder found if, myself, to relate to that, I found myself on YouTube. Sometimes if the video gets a little dull, I'll be in the comments. Yeah, I'll be scrolling down and the video will be playing on. I'll just be reading comments. Yeah, yeah. want but that yeah. dopamine hit. No, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. And maybe yeah. if it was a full screen thing, maybe there's something to that. Yeah, and I know there's theater mode, but I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. United States is making a cryptocurrency. Oh yeah. Okay. So you guys ever heard of Bitcoin? Right. Exactly. <laughs> so Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency, um, and the Federal Reserve which is the United States Central Bank, is making, testing, researching their own cryptocurrency. So this has been going on for a couple of years now. They've partnered with, with MIT, which is like a... Um, research university. Right, exactly. It's a research university um, who are doing like the technical side of it. And they're experimenting with this for a few reasons. First of all, little overview of how the banking system works. The Federal Reserve is the central bank, which uh, acts as like a connecting point between all the banks and Bank of America and Wells Fargo that you go to or TD and RBC in Canada. And they're working on creating their own currency. Um, and they're supposed to have something live functioning and in circulation within the next two or three years. Okay. I thought you were going to say within months. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> uh, the Bank of China... Um, has been adamant on their promise to have theirs functioning by the end of the year. Wow. Right. So that's certainly uh, accelerating yeah. what the U.S. is doing. It's a crypto race. Yeah, exactly. The European Central Bank um, is also in talks of one, but they're mm -hmm. not being as concrete in their plans 
as the U.S. and China are. And it's very interesting. I think this is really putting some pressure on the U.S. Mm -hmm. because the U.S. dollar is like the de facto reserve currency of the entire world. Yeah. A lot of international debt is denominated in U.S. dollars. Yeah. And the, and the U.S. domestically really benefits from that. Yeah. And you better believe that it's one of China's number one missions to overthrow that de facto reserve currency and make it the yuan or maybe make it the crypto yuan or whatever sure. it's going to be. So I think you're right. I think it's a crypto race. And the Federal Reserve released this statement um, about why they think it's important and about what steps they're doing to basically get it live and functioning as fast as possible. Yeah. So for those for those people that are that are watching or listening, yeah. they might not know what the benefits of crypto are versus like right. standard money. So like, could you explain a little bit? Yeah, about um, I would recommend you watch like a sub two minute video on YouTube explaining cryptocurrency because they could explain it a lot more eloquently sure. than I could. But basically, cryptocurrency is a decentralized ledger based currency. Um, no one person owns it. No one person controls the supply of it. The supply is is uh, determined by the algorithm that the cryptocurrency runs on. So, for example, um, you might hear a lot about uh, money printing and how there's all this debt and how all this money is being printed. That's because of the central bank, the Federal Reserve of the United States, the entity that's making this cryptocurrency can just print it. They can just press a button and print money. Yeah. And they don't do that with bad intentions. They do that in a way to, to the best of their ability, stabilize the economy. Mm -hmm. But unlike what's called a fiat currency like the u.s dollar or the canadian dollar a cryptocurrency isn't owned controlled or circulated by any one entity so it's de it's decentralized yeah and there are these these nodes which are basically computers all around the world which validate each other and make sure that all the ledgers look the same internationally so there's this there's this decentralized accountability of where money's going who has what and more just can't be printed. Yeah. So it's kind of like a digital gold. It's interesting because it's it, it has properties of commodities like gold. Mm -hmm. It has properties of a currency. It has properties of an asset because yeah. it can't just be printed. So it's it's really hard to define. Um, I'm sorry if that's not a great explanation. Watch a video that that simplifies it and gives you a bird's eye view of what it's like. Yeah. The point being, um, uh, government institutions. And research institutions and businesses, a lot of banks are getting into cryptocurrency. We've all acknowledged the power of this technology. So now it's basically a crypto race, as you say, to have the one that's most widely uh, distributed. Exactly. Because right now it's Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And if you, can, if you can be the creator of it, then you're going to have a lion's share of how much is in circulation. So you better believe the central bank wants it to be them. Yeah. You better believe Goldman wants it to be them. You better believe China wants it to be them. Yeah. So we'll see. And this is happening very rapidly. We'll see what that that's that's interesting because if China does finish it in in this year, I wonder how much sooner US can get there. Right. I don't know if it's going to be tethered to their current currency. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be an entirely different system. Yeah. I don't know how circulation supply is going to work. See, Bitcoin has a finite supply. Mm -hmm. There can only ever be 21 million Bitcoin no matter what because that's the premise on which the coin was built. Yes. Whereas maybe another currency built by another entity could have a different premise yeah. where there doesn't have to be a hard limit. Maybe there could be a increasing circulating supply. Yeah. But if you get to set the rules and if a government state sets the rules that benefit them domestically the most, that's really valuable worldwide, right? Yeah. Thanks Winklevosses. Yeah. The Winkle. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
<laughs> that's funny. Yeah, they're they're big proponents of uh, Bitcoin and they're yeah. always hyping it up on Twitter. Yeah, which is cool because it's it's getting a more mainstream adoption. And for those of you that don't know who the Winklevosses are, and if you haven't watched the Social Network, they were supposedly they are they were like the original people that wanted to make Facebook, and yeah. then and then Zuckerberg came and said, "Sorry, boys." Yeah, go I really like that movie. I, the, it's a the good movie. Is, um, what's the quote? I, I think it's him in a in a court hearing. He's like. If you made the Facebook, you would have made the Facebook. It used to be called the Facebook, so yeah, that, that yeah. dates it. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, check them out. Anyway, they're 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 long crypto. They've made a huge fortune in it yeah. and and whatnot. And now it's just trickling down to the rest. I know we were talking about Square. Yes. Um, and I love Square. I absolutely love Square. We use it in our business. Um, in the U.S., we don't have access to this uh, in Canada, but there's another app called the Cash App, which is really interesting speaking to this concept of like decentralized banking system and decentralizing how money flows cash app um, is most widely used by the unbanked and the underbanked populations aka people with less resources Mm -hmm. um, people who don't have savings and investments accounts and stuff like that cash app has been great because it's been letting people with less resources participate in the economy faster so, for example, one cool thing about Cash App is you can buy cryptos on it. You can have a U.S. dollar balance. You can have a Bitcoin balance. You can buy uh, stocks and equities and stuff like that. You can buy fractional shares of stocks, which is really cool. So if I want to buy an Apple stock, but I don't have 400 bucks, I can buy 1% of an Apple stock. Yeah. And I can still buy into things that I believe in for a much smaller cost. Yeah. So I think that's super cool. Um, I'm a huge fan of Jack Dorsey, the founder. He also made uh, Twitter. We use Square in our business. So I forget the connection I was trying to make. Oh, because you can buy crypto on it. Yeah. But I think Cash App is awesome. I'd love to see it in Canada. Um, it's a competitor with PayPal's Venmo would be the other equivalent. PayPal owns Venmo? Yes. I did not know that. Yeah, PayPal That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, just to bring it all full circle. Um, yeah. I, I absolutely love Square. Decentralizing. And I think it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in, 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 in some capacity. But I think it's cool because it it helps more people participate in an economy that they wouldn't otherwise be able to with expensive stocks and minimum balance limits and stuff like that. Yeah. Banking fees. Yeah. And so what Square's doing is they're opening like a payday lending thing. That's what, that's what you wanted to get to about that. Right. I I haven't heard much about this, but again, and do you, do you think Square would ever implement like what they did with the cash app in the U S but make, have Square do that here? That would be smart. Um, Maybe. I'm not sure what the market considerations of entering a market like Canada are for them. I don't know. They're here in some capacity, obviously. Like yeah. people swipe Square all over all over town here. Yeah. And we use Square digitally online. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to have them in Canada. I just think it's a cool concept where you take these people. The majority of the world is unbanked and underbanked, you know, um, especially in the developing world. Right. That's why cryptocurrency are seeing such high adoption rates in certain countries in Africa and in certain countries in Asia. Because if you live in a country where you can't trust the government to house your money, then these things become a lot more appealing. Right. So I think it's it's cool to because, you know, Square and Cash App are an international company. I think it's cool to provide more people access to be able to to not just rely on their domestic currency, because if you live in a place like Zimbabwe, or Greece or Venezuela, then that can be really dangerous. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has a reserve currency like the U.S. dollar, which they can trust and and fall back on. And people even complain about the USD in America. 
Yeah, I'm Facts. a huge fan of Square and Cash App. Yeah. I'm really interested to see what they do. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Even though Jack Dorsey's other child, Twitter, uh, was recently hacked. Yeah. But <laughs> you can't win them all, I guess. At least they got some publicity out of it. Yeah. Um, so... Also, kind I of related. to talk about the payday lending. You did. Yeah. You did. Like, if you, okay. if you want to jump into it, by all means, I don't go know ahead. much about it. They're experimenting with a payday lending alternative to help people with less access to resources get the money they need faster. Basically, if you know anything about payday lending, I hope you don't. Very predatory kind of system. Interest rates are super high. And this is supposedly going to be a more humane way for people to borrow money and get money faster. Yeah. Which Square also does for businesses as well. Borrow 300 bucks for 20 bucks <laughs> yeah so if you're cash strapped maybe this will be a better alternative than maybe. swinging through cash money or something maybe yeah i hope so yeah sorry guys this is a really tech heavy episode yeah I'm just kind of realizing because the next thing that we're about to jump into is um are we nope no we're all good okay. we're all good we're just we're just ignore rolling through guys here. just ignore it um so yeah. the other thing that we wanted to talk about uh if you have a newer car you've probably seen right android auto right you've seen apple carplay well, Google is coming in and they're just like, you know what? The infotainment center is nice, but let's run the whole dang thing. So Google Android Auto for the entire vehicle is being launched. Jared, what model is it? Um, so it's, I'm not sure the model. It's a company called Polestar, which I believe oh, yes. is yeah. a Chinese subsidiary of Volvo. Yep. I think Volvo was recently bought by a Chinese company. So it's now Chinese owned. I don't know if it's a merger or if it's an acquisition or what the structure is. Company called Polestar. One of the Polestar vehicles is going to be the first production run car to come off the lot with, I don't know if you'd call it Android Auto, Android Automotive, whatever it is. But if you guys are familiar with Apple CarPlay uh, for the Apple fans or Android Auto, it's limited only to a few things on, on your phone. Like in Apple CarPlay, for example, you can control music, navigation, podcasts, phone calls. Whereas you can't control, say, your lighting system or your heat or your windows. Um, so uh, this, this new Google product is going to seek to control everything or at least have more comprehensive control of the car. And I personally think it's cool because I'd prefer Google to make my software than Honda to make my software. I think my car has decent software, but as soon as you plug into Apple CarPlay or something like that, you just, you just realize, oh, this is what a software company software looks Takes like. Takes you to the next level. Right, it's not an automotive company. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty thrilled about this to hear more. I don't know when it's gonna trickle down into something that I can afford or something that people can see on the road, but uh, I think it's really cool because yeah. I'd love to be like, okay, Google, crack the window or yeah. heat the seat or whatever. The heat the seat. Yeah. This goes back to like the privacy thing. Like at what point is too far? Mm -hmm. Because I mean, yeah, we crossed know. that. Man. Like forget we have, about forget about it. Forget about it. We, yeah. it is, it is long gone. Yeah. So now it's just all about convenience, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, dude, I'm just looking forward to when I get to, because my wife's SUV has Apple CarPlay and I love uh -huh. it. I yeah. rip it every single time I drive that thing. Um, so I'm excited to get a vehicle that eventually has um, Apple CarPlay. Yeah, and, may, and it begs the question, because um, I'm team iPhone as well. It begs the question, what's Apple going to do? They'll figure it. It's just an arms race for everything right now. Yeah, pretty much. I, 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 yeah, the, it almost seems like a lost cause uh, when it comes to privacy with these big it is. companies. It is. You're completely correct. Yeah. It is. It is a lost cause. If we want to continue to have all these luxuries and these conveniences, if you, <laughs> bye bye. It, no, no, that, that's exactly it. And if you really want to scare yourself, take a look at the data that Google collects to you, collects from you. Rather not. 
right? Yeah. Um, so they come up with these criteria of who you are as a person in order to sell to advertisers, in order to give you targeted ads. So um, they, I mean, I, I suppose you have to input your gender and your birthday and a few things, but they assume your income level. They assume um, where you go, what you like to do, where you travel, everything, right? Like, um, and if you use a product like Google Maps, then it's a certainty instead of just an assumption. Yep. But they gather this list of guesses, and I can't think of all the criteria and all the assumptions it's a lot. they make about you, but a lot of them are super accurate, and I couldn't even think of like the Google services that I'm using that would give them those kind of data oh, points. Man. Well, think about it. We use Google Docs for stuff. Right. We, I use, we use Gmail. Yeah. You, I, I kind, I'm starting to use Google Calendar. You use Google Calendar. Right. Like all this stuff. Yeah. Right? So they know everything, but all their products are so dang convenient. Anyway, no, it's tough. Yeah, about what you said, I apologize if this was a too technical episode. Uh, for some Let us viewers. know. Let us know because we're both yeah. into tech. I just um, love tech and the future and that kind of thing. It's all I think about. So that's what's interesting to me. Um, but but yeah, like if you want a better understanding of what crypto is, watch a one minute YouTube video and you'll get a bird's eye view of yeah. a better explanation than I could give. Yeah. Are you, I, I know are you, I know you guys love to, to comment on our videos. I'm going to keep trying until we get some more comments. Yeah. But let us know what you want us to talk about. Mainly Yvette cool. Pinsano. Shout out to Yvette Pinsano. Yeah. Shout out to... She to loved the last episode. My whole family. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> she's... Uh, it's either... Um, she's, she gives very uh, very sharp uh, commentary, yeah. whether she likes it or not. So yeah. what'd you appreciate think, the honest feedback. What do you think of the uh, podcast intro that I did? Um, did you watch Drake? it? No, no, no. The podcast intro on the last episode. Did you watch it at all? Oh, where you say please like or please subscribe. subscribe. Like that little intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I like so it. So we'll just plug and play that for every single... Oh, uh, it's only a few seconds long, right? Yeah. Pretty so. n- non-intrusive. Non-intrusive. Yeah. Cool. Um, guys, who, who remembers the 75 hard? That feels like... 75 at days two, ago? Yeah, honestly, at least two weeks ago. Oh, guys, that it's was been seven days. so hard and I'm just making excuses now. Like it's get it's it's ridiculous, and here's the thing. I forget. Okay, tell me the criteria, and tell me which ones are easy, which ones are hard. Okay, let me let me pull up the uh, let me pull up the little the little calendar that you're supposed to use for this. And you know what you're actually supposed to do for accountability is posting it to your story with an X through each day. Okay, so that would be interesting. I don't know if I do it on Exordius, but maybe on my personal. So here are the daily rules, guys. Follow a diet, two 45-minute workouts, no alcohol or cheat meals, take a progress picture, one gallon of water, 10 pages of reading. Okay. Here's what's hard. Two 45-minute yeah, four, workouts is a lot of working out, and I'm already a pretty active guy. Um, and then everything else, like what I've been doing is, I, is one day I'll be sure to do the gallon of water. The next day I'll be sure that I eat like super clean. And then the next day, it'll be like, okay, I'm going to read the 10 page. It's doing all of that in one just seems like a really daunting task. So I'm going to keep you guys posted on this. Technically, it's day one still. So I'm keeping myself accountable talking about it. I'm not going to ignore it. Hey, man, good on you for putting yourself out there. Because a lot of people would be like, oh, it's going great. You pee so much when you drink a gallon of water Oh, my God. And you track it. Yeah. (laughs) But Sarah says that as you drink more water, your body gets used to it. But anyway, and those days you feel, I feel so... um, energized a lot of us walk around dehydrated man the water yeah yeah no couldn't be me i drink way too much yeah not that there's such thing yeah yeah professional athletes drink four or five gallons a day yeah on a training day depends where you live depends on the climate depends how big you are totally 
Totally. All right. Well, I think that's it. Oh, where are we at with the hoodies, man? Uh, where are we at? So we are in the queue. They are currently producing them. Cool. Making them from scratch. And we're the first on the list. So as soon as our full production run is done being made, it's going to be shipped to Chatham. And then from there, we're going to turn around and ship it right off to our embroiderer. And but a week from then, we're going to have some hoodies. So I can't speak to an exact timeline, but you guys better believe that I'm going to get them to you as soon as possible because I want you to have them. I want you to rep Exordia. Yeah, probably within the next two to three weeks. Yeah, no problem. Wicked. And then, you know, um, it's like 30 degrees today, but we're getting into the tail end of summer. Dude, I'm so excited for fall. Yeah, yeah. I like, you know, hoodie weather, right? So nice, nice time to have them. Yeah. At least we're not like, at least we're not like entering spring, early summer and you missed your chance to wear it. I think we're just getting into the perfect swing of yeah. hoodie season. So yeah. Well, let you know, guys, I want you to have them. I wish you could have them now. And again, thank you so much to everybody who bought one. Straight up. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Thank you. Um, ooh, I kind of want to get into the little hack that I'm trying to do right now. Do it. What kind of hack with, is it? With the car dealerships. Ah, okay. Yeah. Should, should we talk Put it about that? Why not? If Why you not? guys are listening all this far in, you know what? You get to know about my little hack that I'm doing right now. So we used to work with Chatham Chrysler and then the uh, pandemic that we're all experiencing hit and they had to put all their vendors on pause. Um, anyway, so we haven't been we working. Had our foot in the door for two weeks. Yeah. It's so frustrating. We'd been chasing them for years. Yeah. We just got in. Yeah. We just got in. Yeah. Didn't even get through a... A full month. We were working with them for like 15 days. Yeah. And then the world shut down. So we lost everything. So anyway, so Jared and I have been, we're, we're, we're focusing on uh, goals and stuff. We like to sit down every once in a while, kind of envision the future, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we want to do is start working with bigger brands, not necessarily managing their social media, but doing like different parts of their social media. So for example, maybe we do um, a photography shoot for Toyota Canada. Maybe Jared runs ads for Toyota Canada and, you know, like not necessarily running the day to day because that would take a larger team than what we are. Um, But anyway, so my plan is to just email and I've emailed a few dealerships already, get a couple cars for a few days, go out, shoot them, shoot some video, shoot some photo, make it look like an ad on our Instagram and on our Facebook and stuff, tag them in it, DM them and just kind of like a little bit of guerrilla sales, so to speak. So if you guys see some stuff, that'll be that'll be exciting. And that means that we found a dealership to partner up with, but nothing as of yet. Yeah. So I think it's a cool idea because it can be hard to kind of penetrate uh, these brands because there's there's like this huge organizational hierarchy of how they work and mm-hmm. talking to a decision maker can be pretty daunting. Yeah. Um, but if you can, you know, like you say, hack your way in um, just by putting your best foot forward, giving them something free of value right away, and maybe it's enough to catch somebody's eye. Yeah, we're hoping, we're betting on on the possibility of that maybe uh, manifesting into something. Yeah, and you could do that with a car. We just like cars. You could do that with any kind of product you have. You know, you already have the props for so many of those things, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you want to make an ad for a watch, you already have a watch. Yeah kind of thing and i mean if toyota wants to maybe turn around and do a sponsorship deal whatever it is man i like the tacoma yeah you love the tacoma <laughs> but it's not big enough so it'd be really cool to, to be able to work with a brand like that anyway guys we've gone on long enough the video is no longer recording so if you're still listening thanks for listening 
and we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks, guys. See ya.